Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I am your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell, and today we are going to be talking about archery. More specifically, we are going to be talking about teaching archery to youth, why we think it is important, and why there is so much more to it than just having the skill of archery. We hope that by the time you are done listening to this, that you think archery is so valuable, you want to go teach it to youth or encourage others to do so. But first, before we get started, we need to get some thanks for things. Ben, what are you thankful for today? Two things. One is for, he always calls me his trusty sidekick, but I think he's my trusty sidekick. So I do want to give thanks to Brian. Brian's very knowledgeable. It's been awesome to work with him and to learn and grow alongside him. So I can't thank really God enough for uh, placing us together to do this. Second is, kind of leads to the topic that we're talking about today, and it's that we have the opportunity to really shoot archery without it being like a type of warfare. So like I have this freedom, this I can let my guard down and I can just shoot for fun. You know, it's uh, I'm, I'm not like an animal where I'm watching out for a hawk or a bear all the time. It's this true, um, I can let my guard down and have fun. And really, that's in whatever we do. So just so thankful that we are able to do that right now at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate the kind words, Ben. I I want to say be careful what you learn from me. But however, I've learned so much from you, uh, just especially on that survival side and getting in <clears throat> to outdoor wreck and, and, and camping and doing all these overnight things, even how to pack my bag. You know, I've learned so much from you, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but I'm I'm really thankful today for food. You know, I'm a little hungry here today as as we're recording this. I can't wait to get some food. But on a more serious note, when I do go get food, I know I don't know what I'm going to get, but I know it's going to be good because I have a choice and I don't have to worry about where it's going to come from at all. I have more food than I could possibly eat, and if I didn't have what I wanted, I could drive 2 miles to go get what I wanted. What sounds good? We ask each other all the time, what sounds good for lunch today? Mm-hmm. We can overlook what a blessing that is. We have however much we want and whatever we want, and that is that is so cool, and I try to portray that to my kids, and it's so hard be- because they are young, but it it is a blessing to not have to worry about where our food is coming from. So That's true. Because my stomach's rumbling a little bit, I want to give thanks to that today. You know, it is a beautiful, sunny day outside, fall breeze blowing, the temperature's not high, we've got the windows wide open as we're recording this, we're thinking about archery and being outside in archery deer season, we taught an archery course yesterday, we're going to teach another one tomorrow. Um, so it's really on our minds, and we want to share why we think it's important. You and I are both actually certified National Archery in the Schools Program, NASP. We are both certified trainers. We can actually train other people to teach this. Um, so we, we're passionate about it, and we want to share what we know because there is so much more to archery than just throwing an arrow downrange. Yeah, there is. We are instructors of NASP, but we actually took it a step further and became trainers. So how do we train others to instruct NASP? Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of clarity in what those are. Because it's it's different. It's a different mindset. Um, you going out and teaching your children how to shoot archery is awesome. But learning how to teach those people that are teaching people, it is different. It is a little so different. So it was an awesome, awesome course. Glad we were able to, to complete that. Well, let's dive into why. Why archery? Why is it important before we really get into to how we do it? And I think one of the first things to think about, especially starting with young kids is the physical development side of that. You have to build up muscle strength. Even people who are professional archers, they're doing exercises that aren't just pulling a bow back to get the right muscle strong. So as you're pulling a bow, you're really strengthening those shoulders. You have to engage your core to do it. Um, And it also kind of teaches these kids to have an awareness of what their body is doing. Mm -hmm. An example of that, when we teach it, we see a lot of, uh, we teach about, we make fun with the kids and call it their chicken wing, but that back shoulder, you know, we want it up and flat. We don't want it up pointing to the sky. We don't want it down where we're not strong, close to our ribs. But as soon as we go to the line to start shooting, what do we see? We see little weak chicken wings with their elbows down. We have to get them up, teach them that tabletop 
flat arm, but they don't really understand it until you show them and they can put that mind to the movement. And so it really is teaching them an awareness about their body along with building strength, core strength, shoulder strength, just to name a few. Yeah, to add to that, another one is really the mechanics of your fingers. Like this one we teach, I mean, we share throughout the entirety of the educational piece before we even shoot of use three fingers. It's the number one thing they get wrong. The number one thing. Even though we talk about it, we talk about it, we show them, we show them. As they get up to shoot, they don't use just three fingers. They want to grip the whole thing, you know, put their whole hand around the string. And they really have to see it and feel it. I mean, I'm I'm realizing that the more that we talk about it and we're talking about it, talk about it, they're like, yeah, we get it. Three fingers, we get it. They'll show us three fingers, but they have to actually see it and feel it with their own hands on the string to learn it. And that's what's so important. In practice is so important. Right. And and to be clear, you know, with, with a hunting bow, a compound hunting bow, you're using a release where you actually have a mechanical thing you're clipping on and it has a trigger that you're pulling. With NASP bows that they're going to shoot in school programs or with what we teach, which would be more traditional archery bows, you are using your fingers and it is just your pointer, your middle, and your ring finger that you are using um, and there's really two grips that you can use and teach. Um, what I think is important to portray when you're teaching that is is the why. Why don't you want your pinky on there? Why don't you want your thumb on there? Why don't I want to hold it like I see Robin Hood doing the cartoon with just my thumb and my forefinger and pinch it and pull it back? Right. Once they get that understanding of why, they can try to start doing the right thing, but once they have an awareness of how those fingers are actually working and how they're gripping the bow and they're not holding it down in their fist, once they... It takes a minute to build that awareness. But once they get it and do it a few times, it really just becomes more natural to them. But right. it does take a minute. And and to clarify, in NASP, they are using a compound bow. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you or your kiddos are in the NASP program, you've seen those Matthew Genesis bows. Um, they are compound bows. When Brian and I, when we were out teaching, um, we dropped down really into what's called a longbow. Um, rarely recurves, but longbows. None of these bows that we're actually practicing with, and even a NASP, are you really ever going to hunt with? They're really just designed to to teach the basics, to to get the mechanics of how to how to shoot right. correctly, you know, and, and consistently. And I think that's where a lot of people that are like, I can shoot, I can, you can use five fingers, I can do whatever I want. Right. Watch me, I can still hit the target. They probably can. It's just like in basketball or baseball, you know. It's more about. Are you consistent? Yeah, you're one shot. You made it, switched it. Great. But how many times are you actually doing it correctly? Um, that's where the muscle memory comes in. So when we talk about physical development, we really are wanting them to build that that correct muscle memory for. Yeah, and when you bring up muscle memory, we've said this in, in podcasts on different topics before, and I'm sure we'll bring it up again. But science has proved through testing and research that it takes 2,000 of the same repetition, doing it exactly the same 2,000 times, but true, you truly have muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And that that's really, really tough doing anything. If you're just raising your finger up, it's tough to do that the same 2,000 times. Mm-hmm. Um, that consistency is hard to come by, and it, it you have to be diligent in your practice to get to that. That's right. That's good. You know, we talk, uh, Ben, I know you love behavior and that mind. We talk mindset when we talk about survival. But that's something that comes with archery that people don't think about a lot is is that growth mindset that it can teach to your youth. Um, as we get older, it's so easy um, to take for granted what we've learned about moving on and pushing through emotions. But for kids, that can be really difficult. So when you, when you get into archery, you are going to miss. Mm-hmm. Especially when you start, you're going to miss a lot more than you're going to hit. And so being able to work through those emotions of missing and not letting that be where you stop. It teaches them to overcome that and move on to that next shot. And instead, they're now learning that they can analyze what they've done, improve upon it, and they're not now attaching this self-worth to their performance. They're, they're setting goals and moving on, and our self-worth is not in how we do. And I think we don't think about those things when we're out teaching an eight-year-old archery, but it is there, and it is probably some of the most important side of what we're doing. It is. You know, you said I love behavior. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this up is because I don't love it. I wish I wish I didn't even see it or had to work with it. And I think that's how a lot of parents might feel. You know, I mean, behavior is a, a challenging thing. Even in our school systems, it's the number one. You know, I know at a, a local school system right now, um, there is a principal that 
that's all he does every day is really just working on that discipline aspect instead of being able to move move on to different parts of growth. So behavior is key to everything. And when we're looking at archery, how that how that works together, for me, it's the word is mental toughness. Um, you know, just, well, yesterday we're teaching ages. Yeah, we, I think we had uh, 5 to 13. Was 5 to range? 13, yeah. right? So there's a lot of different levels of mental toughness but the one thing that i challenged them all with you only have one shot if you make this shot then you have provided food for your family if you miss this shot everyone starves to death yeah right they were already nervous and to be clear it was just a balloon it was just a balloon yes (laughs) yes correct we didn't have a dove sitting out there though that would have been sweet but i just wanted to put it in their mind of there is some challenge to this you know mm-hmm. um some of them were already a little nervous because they had never never shot before and and doing anything for the first time can be nerve-wracking but uh, some of them that joined us had been in the program last year and so it's putting a little more pressure on them and a lot of them performed you know that you push past it like especially the more that you shoot and you let your muscle memory work that that growth that we're talking about then you don't have to get, let yourself get into your mind you're gonna let your body do what you've practiced so mental toughness is key for so many things, but especially in archery when a lot of people are watching you. Yeah, that, that on that mental toughness side, it, it's teaching them patience mm-hmm. and focus and even self-motivation. Like, why, why am I doing this? Why do I even want to work to, to hit that target, to hit where I'm aiming? It, I am going to do it wrong a hundred times before I start to do it right. I have to work through this. I have to have some patience. And the more that I focus on what I'm doing and, in hindsight, what I've done and what I need to change the faster and more effective I'm going to be at improving and achieving my goal. And so, again, though, that mental side of, they don't really, we don't consider that because it's fun just to go grab a bow and an arrow and go out with your kids and start te- teaching them that. But when you really start analyzing what you are teaching them, boy, there's a lot of weight to it and a lot of value there. And that's why we encourage it. And that's why it's a program that we offer. And I'm thankful that there's people that see the value in it and hire us, hire us to come teach it to their kids. Absolutely. You know, goal setting, when we, when we do teach, even when we're doing, uh, when we're working with adults and we're teaching, uh, we'll call it team development or, or team building, you have to have a goal to start with. And if you're not setting that, then everything you're doing after that is ineffective. And this archery program or any of these archery programs is the very beginning of teaching these kids to set goals. They may not even be consciously understanding I'm setting a goal right now, but in the back of their mind, I'm thinking as they walk up to this line, they have a goal in mind what they're doing. It may be, I just want to get the arrow to go out of my bow. Mm -hmm. It may be, I just want to hit the target. Some of them may be saying, I'm hitting that little quarter size dot up there. And then after that, I want to scoot back 40 yards and try it from there. But it teaches them to start setting goals for the tasks that are in front of them. Um, and we have to do that our entire lives. So to be able to do that on an elementary level while having fun and gaining a skill, what a beautiful thing. It is. You know, and, and to add to, to kind of getting that is that social side of archery. You can shoot all by yourself. This could be an independent thing that, that you do alone. Um, hopefully, as a parent, if your kid's interested in this or you're wanting to get them interested, you're getting to do it together. And then we can get into that team side, mm-hmm. you know, a group of people shooting to accomplish the same goal. I, I do think it comes from the parent, the the coach, the teacher. Um, you know, we talked about setting goals. Even if you don't identify what the goal is, just doing something to do it, there's still a goal there. But bringing it up and talking about that is what actually helps you understand what goal you are setting, you know, and, and I hope that makes sense to, to those listening, like, if you just go do something to do it, there's still a goal. You're, you're still doing it for a reason, but you haven't identified what that is. And the power in the moment that you identify why you're doing it is going to help you to get better at whatever the activity is. Yeah, and and social that social interaction is important. And you can do archery individually. I go out and I practice individually all the time. I'm doing that because I'm practicing for a hunting application, and you are by yourself, so you, you want that focus. You want to be able to put a, push out all the distractions. But some of the most fun I have is when we get a few uh, yes. guys together and we go out to a 3D range and 
try each other's bows and talk a little smack or when you and I go out with with the traditional archery in the backyard and and try to hit the target from 80 yards like right. that is so fun so it there is. is a social aspect to it but yeah even getting into the teams with the NASP and schools Branson you know just 30 minutes from where we live Branson Missouri hosts this national NASP tournament every year and that is not a weekend you want to go to Branson as a local because there are so many teams and so many people involved there's no hotels there's Two-hour waits at all the restaurants. Right. There's no place to park. It's going to take you 30 minutes to get through the traffic. So it has grown into this big thing. It was not in the schools when you and I were in school. Mm-mm. I'm so thankful that it is now. Even the little country rural school that you and I grew up in, we taught there this summer, and there's these cables running across the gym. We're like, what is that for? And they're like, oh, that's part of our archery program. So thankful and encouraged to see that. But it does. It brings your kids together unified around one thing. Let's qualify so we can go to Branson for a national tournament and enjoy Branson with our team and try to compete against these other teams. So the social side is awesome. There's competitions, especially through the winter. Some of these archery shops have 3D competitions you can get involved in. And it just becomes kind of kind of like golf, you know, go out and try to hang out with some friends and, and beat some people. But uh, you know, it's NASP a lot is, of fun. NASP has been leading in that. Um, on their website, nasschools.org, they do state that NASP started in 2002. And so then fast forwarding to 2022, their numbers, the stats that they have is that in the U.S., it has grown from 7 million to 23 million. That is mind-blowing, yeah. right? But it's, it's awesome to see how popular it is. And there's a lot of statistics to get up and look at, at how, that's, how that's impacting the school systems, mm-hmm. especially the public school systems. But for you and I, where we taught yesterday for a homeschool group, you know, the – the challenge that we posed was we had towards the end after we learned the basics we practiced our skill then we had to add in some challenge right and so that's where we we put balloons up and we had four in a line and they had to hit the balloon now they're competing against each other they're competing against each other right if we if well the one person that won was so excited Mm mm-hmm she was going to be more satisfied in that group or team setting than she ever would have been had she just learned one-on-one. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's really cool, that aspect it brings in when you have a bunch of people. Also, pretty much anybody can shoot archery. Mm-hmm. I started teaching my son, I think, when he was three, and you can buy bows that small. There's people in their 70s, even 80s that shoot archery. There's a Paralympic team that shoots archery. The right. modifications they have, people shooting with their mouth. Um, you know, I knew uh, a guy named Lance through some work that was one of our uh, U.S. and he was an archer before, and then he lost a limb fighting for our country. Thank you for your service, Lance. But he still came back and was even better afterwards, even though he had a fake arm because of the modifications, and he was still able to do it. And it was just so cool to see people persevere through that and rally around archery yeah it's, it's a powerful thing it really is right and also people are so much more comfortable with archery than guns even though it's still a projectile that you can go use to kill and harvest animals but there's not that bang there's not that explosion it's it's there's not multiple rounds going off at once so people are more likely parents who aren't familiar are more likely to let their kids get involved than with firearms and i think that's a good thing right you know, here in just a little bit, we are going to talk about how, how we do this, but age. So yes, anybody can do it. You know, you and I have taught our three-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, did they perform at a level at which you and I, absolutely not. It was more of the goal of just to get the arrow to come out of the well. Right. The how. <laughs> yeah. it, it was the, so so how we did that. Um, but also gender. And that, I think that's one of the coolest things. You know, when we get up, everyone's on the line. doesn't matter. You, I mean, it doesn't matter. They're they're shooting next to each other. Um, there is no even thought about it. It's everybody on the line. Get up and, and let's do it. And that and most of, most of the time when we teach, um, the girls or the women usually uh, do better than the men. They do shoot <laughs> more times than not. They do shoot very well. It's sure. also really cool because archery doesn't really care or know uh, demographics at all. I mean, mm-hmm. NASP is in our inner city schools. They mm-hmm. don't care how much money you have. There's grants for pretty much every school to get the equipment to go do it. Parents aren't dishing out money for their kids to do NASP. As long as there's a, a teacher or somebody in the school that steps up to learn it and to teach it, it doesn't matter where you live or who you are. You can learn archery and be excited about it, and I, I love that about it. 
Right. It is affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so affordable that they're doing it in the schools. Right. And it's also affordable for if you're not doing it in the schools, you can go to, I'll throw Walmart out again. We do talk about Walmart a lot, but you can go to Walmart, any of your sports stores, and they're going to have little bows. Now, now be careful on what you're getting. You're not just buying the, the plastic suction cup bow and arrows. Um, these have a little more um, performance to them, yeah. you know, so Bear is a, is a brand you're going to see a lot that that's what... That's the brand that I'm usually going to start my kids off on because they have a little higher performance. You're yep. really working on the skill. But it's affordable. Yeah, they come with a couple arrows. Right. 25, 30 bucks for, it's not a hunting bow, but it's a real practice bow for children. Right. 25 or $30, that's it. Plus, you need something to shoot at for another 25 or 30 bucks. So 50 to 60 bucks. You are all in and you're going out and you're starting archery. Right. That To me, that is pretty affordable. Because even if you didn't have a spare 50 or 60 bucks, you could put that on your agenda for half a year, save ten bucks, and and now you're in. You're you're right. good to go get get somebody involved. Right. Also, it it's year round because they're shooting in gyms. You can practice outside. We teach it outside, but we you, if you have an unfinished basement or a John Deere room in your house, you can shoot in there. You don't have to shoot from thirty yards away. You can shoot in your garage. Set up backstops. Just have, shoot at a hay bale. There, there's so many options for archery to do it inside or outside. And I love that, that it really doesn't know a season. Yeah, and there's there's different nets as well. I mean, that's how NASP does it. They do it inside the gym, mm-hmm. and they're going to have a net as your backstop. Um, yeah, I mean, there's many ways to go about doing it. That's what's so awesome about it. Um, you know, we are talking about NASP a lot. I want you, anyone listening, that you don't have to do NASP. We're just trying to, to kind of give you the an example, an idea of what is out there, but there are What's other the, programs. It's the most successful youth archery program, mm-hmm. and because you always want to look at and model success, so we do look at that and reference it. Um, we are not teaching NASP currently. We, we kind of have developed time. our own program with mm-hmm. our own equipment that we teach, um, and but you're still teaching the same things. So uh, it, it, it just translate, translates translates. Archery is archery, so mm-hmm. um, the scoring rules are really the only thing that's going to change depending on what type of competition you're doing. But you mentioned the nets, and we talked about inside and outside. Safety is really something that these kids are learning when they get involved in archery because it is a projectile, so they're having this awareness of, man, I can't shoot if there's somebody in front of me. We teach, you know, this is our firing line. It goes on for eternity in both directions, and nobody should ever cross it unless we say to cross it so mm-hmm. they have to listen they have to be disciplined and they're they're learning that this can harm someone or something and i have the responsibility to be safe with it uh, they kids are going to have a curiosity whether it's about an animal a food a gun a bow and arrow they're going to have a curiosity about it for me i love the approach let's experience it Let's teach it. Let's kill that curiosity so that we have a healthy respect and responsibility towards that thing. So when they get a bow and arrow in their hand and actually learn to use it the correct way, now there's they're not going to find one hanging in their friend's dad's house and, and do something they shouldn't do with it because the curiosity is not there. Right. You know, you talked about safety. Curiosity is a, a scary thing, but as a parent... It's really important that you help them to learn what respect is and, and teach them the respect side of that. And that, that kills the curiosity for me or what I've experienced and, and what I've seen. Also, all this equipment, they have to learn to respect that equipment because if, if they hold their their bow or their arrows or their target, if they hold any value to that, then they're going to learn to take care of it. They're going to have a respect for that. They're going to have to have a respect for the people that they're working with on an archery team, for the people that they're shooting around. Uh, they they have to learn respect, even though they may not understand that's what they're doing, but they are learning to respect things. They are, and, and where I really want to dig into this little piece of respect is we should always be respecting other people's equipment, property, nature, others, especially yourself. If you're not respecting yourself, you're probably not respecting anything else. But I do want to share, because Brian and I have, we've, we've, not a battle. It's not a battle, but it's just uh, we've had some students in the past that are like, well, my dad taught me this way. And I'm not there to tell them that their dad is wrong. 
hang what on, I need. Hang on, hang oh, on, hang right, on. Right. I think I literally heard you say yesterday, your dad is wrong. <laughs> I, I had to in this sense. Okay. Yes. I don't want to be that guy. Like, Out of I, respect, I just got to keep you honest. Keep yeah, you no, here. keep me honest. Um, I, I just want, I want people to, those that are listening, um, I really want to instill in our kids, even in ourselves, personal growth side that, you know, we all have room to grow and to learn. And I, as a father, you know, as I'm teaching my son, I will say, I will say to him and I'll share with him, this is currently how we do it. This is the best, this is the best way that I know to do it, you know, but if he comes home and he's learned something different than what I've taught him, I want him to tell me all about it first before I tell him that it's wrong. Or before I tell him, you know what, we're going to start doing that. Like, I want to get that information. But that is something that I find, Brian and I hear a lot is, but that's not how I was taught. And most of the time, it's wrong. You know, your feet don't face the target when you shoot. You're mm-hmm. not going to shoot accurately. That isn't the best way. Yeah. And so what is the best way? I, I'm, I may have stated just a few seconds ago, right or wrong. There may not always be a right or wrong way, but there is usually a better way way and that's what i hope that we're instilling in in people um i also want to add that you know if you're in your 30s you didn't probably get to experience nasp in the school you know the the archery side that you got to experience was probably your little portion in pe you know i remember in high school i learned archery in pe it was like the little unit you know um we would play pickleball i don't even think i got to do that did you not our our coach at the time we did like a two-week archery thing you know but these bows <laughs> i mean they were in some rough shape but we did we went out we went out back and we actually had um an archery lesson and that was awesome you know now what they taught me wasn't what i was taught so even how to hold the string was a little different you know all three fingers went under the arrow whereas you, you and i pretty much teach one's going to go over the top but the mechanics were same, turning your feet, you know, getting into the how. And that was a base that those p- kids needed, but it stopped, Brian. After two weeks, it stopped. And that's why getting this into the schools, this NAS, it's becoming extracurricular. It's mm-hmm. it's a sport now. It's something kids are able to do after school. It's not just a, a, a pickleball or a learn how to play soccer in your PE class. Right. So it's changed. It's It continues on for even a lifetime. Yeah, and extracurriculars are, are so important. Uh We've seen and heard time and time again that students who are involved in extracurriculars, they get in less trouble. Right. They, they, they stay out of trouble. They're, they're involved in something that's meaningful. They're not trying to kill, they're not trying to use their time and energy up on something that isn't. So they're, mm-hmm. they're in a extracurricular. And when you're looking at archery as a school sport, it is the single safest school sport in the United States. Mm. There are less accidents and injuries with archery than any other sport when it's ran to the expectation and standard that's set forth absolutely absolutely yes and, and there's so many lessons to be taught with archery sportsmanship and you know i mentioned trash talk and we kind of do that as men amongst ourselves but in nasp it's not even it's not really allowed in our programs it definitely isn't we cover it before we ever even start talking about archery we're going to support today. We're not going to use zingers and sliders. We're not going to tear down anybody with words. Uh, sportsmanship. We we had students yesterday literally cheering as our final two came up, our, our competing for first place. These kids are back there chanting their name and mm-hmm. clapping, and then they're, they're like, no, they need to focus. Let's be quiet, and they're kind of going through this battle. But it teaches them sportsmanship and to support and to help others, not just to be tearing them down. Hunting. You and I love to hunt. We think it's an, an important skill. It brings value because you can provide for your family through it. Not to mention you just get to enjoy time outdoors. So it can lead to hunting. If you want hunting to be an opportunity that your child has, then teach them archery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally find archery hunting more satisfying than than hunting with any kind of firearm. Right. There's been seasons where I never even touched a firearm because I love archery so much. Right. So it really can be something that, that sticks with them for a lifetime. Fitness, it teaches these kids that being being in shape and being strong is, is a good thing. It helps me do the things that I enjoy, the things that I want to do. The stronger I am, the better I'm going to be at holding this bow steady and, and drawing it back. So it teaches them the value of that. Also, 
there's some science there, the physics of it, you know? We right. teach about when you pull this string back, these limbs of this bow are loading up and there's all this energy and it has to go somewhere. So you have to have this arrow in this bow so that the energy is transferred through this arrow to go down range towards your tar- target. So you're starting to talk about these physics concepts. They might not understand that it's physics, but they're going to they're gonna have a foundation of that. Even the arrow flight. You know, if I'm at this distance and I can only pull back this far, when I shoot once and it skips to the target, I know that I have to pull up and have more of a parabolic flight to my arrow. They're going to start having this brain-to-body connection Mm -hmm. um, and understanding physics when they're doing archery. Which is actually behavior of what you're using. It's also to kind of full circle back to behavior again, you know, as it being an extracurricular, uh, extracurricular activity in the schools, you know, they are seeing better behavior because kids are wanting to participate and because they want to participate, they have to follow directions. They have to get their schoolwork done. They have to do these things that's required of them so that they get to go shoot archery. That is a powerful tool, especially for the teachers that are needing help with how do I, you know, how do I hold these kids accountable? And what a great way um, archery is is used for that. That's It's a great way to do that. Yeah, you mentioned the wanting to side. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do something that I don't do very often. And I'm going to thank media for that. Ooh. It, it's made archery cool. Yeah. You look at some Marvel movies and some of our most popular movies, it has made archery cool. And when it's cool and it's popular, these kids are going to want to do it. And if it's offering all these benefits and we believe in it, well, then great. I mean, you've got Marvel movies like Hawkeye and Green Arrow. Of course, Katniss Everdeen and all those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, older, you got Rambo and Robin Hood. It makes archery cool when you see these these figurative heroes using and doing it. So I even had uh, one of the students in our class yesterday put the the string over their head, drape the bow over the shoulder, and was like, I'm Katniss. Last year, I was actually Katniss for, for Halloween. So I was like, yeah, it, it has made it cool by watching these people do it in the movies. And so if that encourages people to pick up archery, I'm all for it. Absolutely. For sure. So we've talked about the why. I think we've definitely covered enough of the why archery. If you're still listening, if you're hanging with us, and now you're like, you know what? I want to know a little bit more about archery. How are these guys doing it? How are they teaching it? Uh, let, let's go ahead and explain that to them. What's what's an archery program for Meant to Be Outdoors look like, Ben? So we're going to start off by talking about behavior right off the bat, what we expect from them today. You know, We go over what respect truly is. We go over all safety, and then we, we explain how it's going to be fun. Um, but it's up to them to be respectful and safe to have that fun. Yeah. After we go over that, you know, we, we get into what are the parts. Knowing the, the terminology, the nomenclature, like what are all, the, what's everything called, what is it, and what are we doing? Right. If I give you a, a socket wrench, you don't know what do it is. It? What is it? What are you going to do with it? You can't even do anything with it. So we, we make sure they have an understanding of an arrow and a bow, even calling an arrow an arrow and a bow a bow not. Yeah. A lot of people will have a bow and they call it a bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. It's actually just a bow. It's just a bow. <laughs> it's not That's a bow and arrow until you put them together. Correct. And I think yesterday I even t- tied in some biology with symbiotic relationships. You did. Yeah. <laughs> a bow is only a great tool when you have an arrow with it. And mm-hmm. an arrow only works if you have the bow with it. They have to have each other. And we can look out into creation and see that with so many different organisms. So, again, there's so much to be taught with archery. but There is. We so, do. We go through all the parts from... The grip to the arrow rest, the string, the arrow knock, the point, the fletchings, and the different materials that can be made out of, and the arrow shafts. We cover all of that before we ever show them any action, anything about how you actually shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah, and if you're listening like, wow, that's you guys go into great detail, you can Google arrow parts and bow parts, and it will give you images from everything to just shows you the five basic to everything in detail, right? So just knowing some terminology um, really builds, you know, trust in and who's teaching it. So they're knowledgeable on it, but mm-hmm. it's also educating them so that when they're talking about it later, they're knowledgeable too. And they're not just saying, well, it's this bent thing, this bent stick with a right. string attached to it. Everybody right? wants to sound smart or be smart. Right. So, so let's teach them. So let's be smart. Yeah, let's, let's share that. So we go over all of that. After that, then we get into safety one more time because now we're at the range now we're at the area that we're going to be letting these arrows fly and we want to ensure that everybody is clear in the expectations of where they can go 
or where they can't go. Yeah. Right. So that's so important. If you're setting up your own home range, indoor or outdoor, you know, it's, we call it a firing line. And that's the basic, that's the core of it, that this line is to not be passed until time. Yeah. And, and you don't send an arrow down range until you get a line's hot. Yep. Let it, let it fly. And you and I, because we're <clears throat> NASP instructors, we kind of follow those steps. If you're not in that or don't know anything about that, create your own, but understand that no one grabs an arrow until it's time to put the arrow in the bow. Mm-hmm. No one draws the bow back until the arrow's in the bow. And nobody passes this line until you, the individual, say it's okay to pass the line. Yeah. You know, and, and you can get even more basic than that, but I hope that, under, I hope that helps to understand that you have to set up the expectations for that firing range, that, that firing line, that range itself, um, that you're only shooting. Yeah, and even if you're just teaching your, your child one-on-one, yeah. you should do this. Like, if I'm down looking at the target, son or daughter, don't pick up an arrow. Like, you, you need to do these things. And if if anything is in front of you besides that target, anything, the dog, the cat, a bird, you wait. You wait. Yeah. Yep. I want to add to that. I just thought of this, you know, as a teacher, parent, instructor, facilitator, whatever name you want to call yourself. Oh, man, you're cool. You got all those. You're real, you're a cool dude. That's right. That's right. If you're one of those, you are pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Any Anybody doing that, I have found that sometimes you will tell them not to do something, but you find yourself doing it. And that breaks trust. You're mm-hmm. messing up the expectations you set, and it's really hard to start over from that. So if... I've- yeah, if you're telling everyone do not go down range when the when the range is hot, then even if you're an instructor, facilitator, teacher, parent, you better not be doing that either. Right. Period. And even you and I, that's one thing that's great about you and I teaching in a pair and with a group the size that we taught yesterday, you couldn't do it by yourself, but we can kind of help each other stay, stay in tune on that because it's so easy to to be downrange when you've got a couple kids with bows and the arrows, it's it's so easy to start to go collect arrows when there's still one person with an arrow left to shoot. But when you've got another person there to help you, yeah, you could keep each other safe and, and hold each other accountable. You know, just speaking candidly, we we always discuss what went well, what do we need to change for next time after every program. We don't we don't ever miss that opportunity. One of the things that that you were humble with yesterday was. I need you to help remind when I'm teaching not to be you pointing the point of the arrow at people. And then I thought, you know what? I think I did that a couple of times today too. So when we go forward next time, we're going to have a better awareness. You know, even though it's just an arrow without a hunting tip on it, it's still a pointed, sharp thing. We shouldn't be pointing it at people and teaching with it. Yeah. And that's just the, uh, <clears throat> you know, if, if somebody outside of the archery world was looking in, you know, or maybe they're really against archery, um, just minimizing any, any cause for them having any kind of power over you of, yeah. of this isn't safe. you don't safe. know who it can make uncomfortable. Right. It can make the person you're pointing at uncomfortable. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, thinking through all that and at the end, I don't want to dig into <clears throat> this because a lot of people are like, ah, that's just too deep, but expectations are so important. So if you as a parent are saying, Hey kids, watch your mouth, watch your language, then you shouldn't be saying those words either. And if you are, then the kids don't trust you. They're not going to listen to what you're saying. The same way on an archery line, the same way on a basketball court. It doesn't matter the activity, but it's so important that you set the expectations and you follow them and you hold the people that you're in charge of accountable to them as well. And allow them to hold you accountable. And allow them to hold you accountable of the expectations that you have set. Correct. But the expectations have to be set, and that's what's so awesome about, honestly, what NASP has done is they have given these guidelines, and people don't have to make them up. They know what the expectations are, and they hold everyone to it, and I believe that's why this activity is so safe compared to many other of the extracurricular activities that are yeah, out there. There's a standard. There is a standard to, that's to set. Uphold. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, once we've taught all the bow parts and we move up to the line, that's when you re- we really start to get into the fundamentals of, of how to shoot a bow and arrow. And we keep it, I mean, we start so simple. Literally, show me three fingers. I have them hold up their index, their middle, and their ring. Make sure your pinky and your thumb are t- touching. We we have them repeat everything that we're doing. Show me your chicken wing. Everybody get that back elbow up flat. 
which way do you think your feet should point? Have them kind of work through and process that. But I like to provide the why. You know, don't let your, you're not going to point your toes right at the target. Well, then show them why, because if you try to draw the bow, your hand and arrow go right into your chest. Mm -hmm. Turn your feet, pointing perpendicular with the target. Now you have this freedom of movement out in front of you. You're just turning and looking. Um, showing the why instead of just telling them to do it, they're going to connect. They're going to have a little more of a respect and a trust for what I'm telling them. But we try to keep it very, very, very basic because even if they say, yeah, I've shot archery, it may be a, a rubber dart arrow that they right. shot. At home. At home, right. Yeah. So to explain the how a little bit, if you're a parent, guardian, you're wanting to go out and buy a, a bow and arrow from Walmart, you know, make sure you have a firing line, which is what am I standing behind and what target am I shooting at? And then you want to make sure that anything downrange, that it's okay to shoot, right? We're looking at the target. You're looking past the target. Is there anything that's going to cause a problem if I let this arrow go? Right. We hang a net, but you don't, we hang an archery net, but you don't have to have that. We're doing that because we're trying to keep it super, super safe and we teach it in different areas. But if you just have an open area or some trees or a hay bale and you know there's nothing behind that target that is going to be harmed, damaged, or killed, then you're good to shoot there. Yeah, absolutely. So once we've identified, you know, that it's safe, you're safe to shoot. Now you want to get into the mechanics. So you want to figure out if your child is right or left-handed. And that's kind of tricky for a three-year-old. They don't quite know yet. And you can definitely look at your dominant eye. Um, I've done that before, but I've also had children that it felt more comfortable to shoot the other way. So what that means is my son does everything right-handed, but when he shoots, or excuse me, when he swings, when he plays baseball, he's swinging left-handed. When he shoots a bow, he's shooting it right-handed. So learn what is comfortable for your kids. You can definitely start with a, your eye dominance. After you figure out right or left hand, you want to teach them how to hold the bow with that hand. So if I'm right hand, if I'm going to shoot a right-handed bow, that means I'm holding my bow with my left hand. If I'm left hand dominant, I'm going to be holding the bow with my right. Here's another tip. This is where you and I have got to help kids a lot because they've either been taught wrong or they get confused. Your arrow, it's going to set on top of the arrow rest. There are bows that are ambidextrous, which means it has an arrow rest on each side when you buy it. So if I am holding my bow in my left hand, that means that my arrow is going to be on the left side of the bow. That is so important. A lot of kids will put it on the other side. So whatever hand you are holding your bow, the bow grip, that is the same side that the arrow will be on, on the arrow rest. It goes onto the string, and then you want them to raise their bow up, kind of get a feel for how they're going to aim. Remember the three fingers, and then they are going to pull that string back to about the corner of their mouth. If they need help, this is as a parent, as a coach, this is awesome. You can help them as they've got their elbow coming straight back. You can definitely pinch the end of their elbow gently, and you can kind of help them to pull straight back, and then you're going to have to tell them, let go. And this is another awesome teaching point for as a parent, especially for your child, to let go. Kids at three, four, five, six have a very hard time of letting go of that string. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because behavior of who we are as individuals, it's hard to let go of many things in life. And I'm not going to get in the metaphor of all that, but it's hard to let go. And you have to keep repeating, let go of the string, let go of the string. And then finally, they let it go, and they get to see where that arrow goes or doesn't, and that's impactful. I mean, they see it go short, then you can start guiding them to raise their bow a little bit higher, draw it back a little bit farther to the corner of their mouth, and really start working on the mechanics, but but helping them understand that in life, you have to let go of that string. Mm -hmm. Got to let go. Yeah, once, I mean, you can kind of see them thinking and battling through that, especially the younger kids. Some of them are They'll even start to loosen that front get grip or start to let the their draw down. And they're like, okay, no, that's not what I'm supposed to. Okay, backhand, backhand. All right, I hold him with the front. Let him go with his backhand. Let it go. And they're processing through that. And some of them stand there and hold and hold and hold. The arrow falls off. We put the arrow back on. The arrow falls off. We put the arrow back on. Then we try to tell them, you know, your grip. It's your grip. That's, so just working through all of those things. But once they finally get through that first round, we usually let them shoot two or three arrows, depending on the group size. That first round, we make sure everybody goes. The first round's usually pretty rough. Mm -hmm. But by the time... Rough because it's, it's not smooth. There's, it's not it's smooth. Takes time it takes to, a long time. Mm -hmm. They're not even sure how to put the arrow on the bow yet. So you're working through all of those things. 
Here's um, a huge safety tip I need to share right now in that moment, especially the first time that anybody is, is pulling back that arrow on that string, is at any time that that arrow comes off of the arrow rest, because it happens a lot, you are there as the coach, instructor, teacher, parent. You're there to quickly tell them to let it back down. We're not we're not letting go of the string. We're going to let it back down. Because if that arrow rest, excuse me, if the arrow is not on the arrow rest and it's coming off and they're letting go of the string, it's going to shoot way off to the left or right. Sideways, backwards. Sideways, backwards. Back you yeah. can have a lot of problems. So standing there next to them, that's something that you can control. You know, you yeah. can see it happening and you can grab the arrow and say, let, you know, gently let your string down, let your string down. You can help assist them in that. And if they've never shot, you really should be... I'm not going to call it hands-on, but you should be close enough that you can get hands-on if you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be that close. It shouldn't be, hey, put that on there. Let me step back and video you. You know, you need to be right there. Yeah, and, and NASA has done a great job when all these multiple kids are on a line. They're really close to each other mm-hmm. because it would be difficult for me to turn, pull back, and have room to do all that with, with kids next to you. So, you know spreading them out there is there are guidelines to that but they're not just sending them so far away you know right. they're pretty close that's that's something you as the instructor teacher parent should be be there doing with them yeah yeah but once we get through that first round you know everybody starts to get this understanding and i, I think that's where you get into in theory versus in practice you know in in theory they've learned it they've heard you and i teach it but once they get to actually go up and put everything they just heard into practice, that's when they really it really starts getting in their brain. Mm-hmm. They really start putting mind to body. And that second round is always so much smoother. So many of them are able to put their own arrow on, draw it back, and hit the target. And you can start to see that confidence build up. And then by the third, fourth round, they're ready to go. You've got people trying to butt in front of people, people yeah. that haven't went a second time. I mean... It really starts to get fun, and then we bring in that competition. We put balloons up instead of just targets, and now they have something, this gratifying pop to do, and then you throw in the game of if you don't pop the balloon, your family's not eating tonight. It's starting to put a little pressure on having mm-hmm. fun with them, and it just becomes this really cool atmosphere every single time. Um, by the third and fourth round, even even just the first time they've ever done it, they're they're on their own. Yep. They're really on their own. We're still there, but we're not having to hardly help. Well, that's where they're excited because all you're telling them is, that looks good. Yeah. You're good. And it's like this joy that's feel like, okay, yeah, I've got it. You know, he's not over here doing it for me. You know, um, I want to add, there are kids that don't like it. Mm-hmm. And here's here's what I want to encourage everyone that is trying to get other people to shoot archery. If a kid doesn't like it, okay just don't make them continue to do it what i mean is that every kid has to do it at least once so in all of our programs even my children we're going to go out and do it one time there's a difference between challenge of choice and challenge by choice and we're not going to dig into that today maybe another episode down the line but it is so important to make everybody do it at least once but they also understand that after they do it once if they don't want to do it again that's fine Mm-hmm. At least they've experienced it one time. And you'll have several that don't, and you'll have some that say, "Nope, that's awesome. I'm, I'm in. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go home and ask mom and dad for a bow." Right. Yeah. You but have, you to have go back to the ones in. that don't, that's okay. You know, you and I, as parents, Brian, I know there's been some activities we've done. We went out because we love doing them, and our kids were like, "Ah, I mean, it was okay." Right. You know, I'm not going to make my kid continue to do it, especially because we've done it once. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. And then. I want to encourage them to keep trying if I'm doing it or are going to continue to do it. And the more they see us doing it and living it, they do come around and want to try it again. But I just don't want anyone out there to be like, I'm going to make my kid do this over and over. That isn't healthy, but it's also not healthy to say, you know what, you don't have to do it at all. They need to experience it at least one time. Right. I, I feel, I get, especially when you're getting into any kind of activity of challenge by choice versus challenge of choice. Right. And something uh, kind of to wrap up our programs, you know, we we want to know something that they've learned. And something that I love about our archery program is that it's always so easy compared to our other programs for these kids to tell you one thing that they learned. So we don't ever leave without them sharing something that they learned. And I think that's valuable because it kind of reinforces um some of the things that they've done and makes them think about, well, what, what did I learn today? What was new? What wasn't new? Um, and it helps it stick with them. I think a little bit longer. Yes, it does. You know, um, we talk about in theory versus in practice. You and I've been talking about that. It's 
Um, it's so important to, you know, in theory, you can watch all the videos you want to, but until you go out and do it in practice, it's completely different. Right. And as these kids are doing it in practice, that's when they're truly seeing, learning it, living it, believing in it, understanding it, picking it up and wanting to keep doing it. You know, in practice is so important. It's, it's so important to learn it, feel it, see it, understand it. But then the wrap up afterwards, the debrief that we do with them, what that's really doing is helping them to recall some of the things they've learned. And it also puts them in a spot with their peers because you do have some kids that probably didn't pay attention. They didn't honestly care about what. But at the end of the day, when you debrief and you you require them to what is at least one thing, sometimes they'll even be prideful and be like, didn't learn anything new. Nothing. Learn, learn no, nothing. Nothing today. <laughs> and I'll say, okay, well then tell me something you already knew, uh-huh. right? So then they, they've got to recall all this, oh my gosh, he's he's – holding me accountable here. Yeah. like, And they're able to produce something that usually was more impactful than I even than I even thought they would know. You know, right. it, they really picked up on something that... Some of them shared two, three things. They were so excited right. about what they learned. Right, so that debrief process is, is really powerful at the end. I hope, now that you've listened to this, that you have a better appreciation for, for archery and the, and the strength and the power that it holds to teach things besides just the skill of archery. If you're a parent who is an archer or maybe a parent who isn't find a way to get some kids involved. If your kids ask about doing archery in the schools, go ahead and let them do it. If you need to run down to Walmart and spend 40 bucks on a uh, bow and a target, you know, I got my son, his first one for Christmas. It wasn't something he asked for, but it was a, a great present because it was something we could do together. So I encourage you to learn it. If you need to learn it, to pass it on to your kids. I hope you understand that it is teaching your kids so many valuable life lessons. If you need help, from equipment to how to do it, please reach out to us. You mm-hmm. can email us, find that through our website, meanttobeoutdoors.com. Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. We would be more than glad to help you. We're not going to charge you to, to help you find some equipment or some, some skills to teach your children. We would just be honored that you want to do that because you've listened to our podcast. You know, I want to give props to all the archery stores out there. Majority of the time, these archery stores, are, there are several throughout the country they they hold all kinds of shoots and and learning opportunities. Um, you can even go in the store and they have ranges and and they can help you and your kiddo get what you need and to learn how to shoot. And so take advantage of that too. There's there's some awesome awesome men and women out there that have started some great companies. So take advantage of those archery shops that you have in your area. Yeah, we've shared our passion today, but there are a lot of people that share that passion. So find somebody near you that can help you. That is it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Please hit that automatic download button so you're getting each episode. Follow. We would love for you to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform that you listen. Share it with your friends and family. Help us get more people to listen and to gain these skills as we're out teaching them. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We would also love if anybody wants to support us and what we are doing. We would just be so grateful for you becoming a Patreon and becoming a $5 or $10 a month member. That is it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. As always, between now and the next episode, find some time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.